Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is the Driveway Liberty Podcast, the only podcast founded in a driveway. Hey guys, it's your Uncle Wes, and I'm sitting here with my good friends, Dan and our co-host, guest co-host for now. We, we will see about, uh, you know, negotiations and how that goes for something more permanent <laughs> later. But, uh, and a good friend, Kevin Rowley. <laughs> Rowley. Yeah. It's Rollo. 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 I used to play uh, Rollos. Used to play Just high school football with this kid. No, get it out of your system. Name Rollo. <laughs> get it out Man, of your I will never get it out. Be so I. Uh, It'll be a bit on every show. Play <laughs> play uh, football in high school with a guy named Rollo, who was a linebacker. And when I, I was in ninth grade, he was a senior, and he was, you know, I may have weighed 150 pounds with with concrete underwear on in ninth grade, and he was probably about 225. And, so. Rollo rolled you, basically? Dude mm-hmm. stole my sunglasses is what he oh. did. And I actually fought him, and I got in trouble because I was a freshman and he was a starting linebacker. Coaches made me run laps because my little 150 ass fought him and held my own for the small little bitty dude, and uh, they didn't like that. So I didn't get my – I had to run laps, and I didn't get my sunglasses back. So – that was an injustice. It was a that lose, I, lose. It was a disappointment. It was, man. It was a high school. Oh, many okay, levels. So I'm <laughs> starting out being categorized with that memory from <laughs> yeah, your childhood. Like, there you go. Talk about negativity, here, right? Man. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, well, it was a little, little, little applause action. Yeah, man. For so, uh, how you boys doing? You doing all right? I'm doing pretty good. Like. Uh, you know, I was doing some research here, trying to find something other than the seven deadly sins month, and it was, it was kind of thin out there. It's Trump indictment, or speaking of which, we want to wish each and every one of you a happy seven deadly sins month, a joyous occasion, on your envy and pride and wrath, <laughs> my lust, my Twitter handle, gluttony remains gluttony, gluttony month. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So uh, there's that, man. Uh, so Kevin, uh, tell uh, we didn't do this when we did the local cast. Uh, tell tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your background. All right. Uh, name's Kevin. Roll Raleigh. Take your pick. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> uh, Twenty year retired Air Force veteran. Um, uh, lived in Florida for about the last twelve years, Walton County, since I retired back in 2015, and. Uh, Work in the defense industry now, but right. uh, and become friends with y'all like lately as we've become involved, kind of in the local politics. Even though, uh, obviously, your beliefs and your your views on things translate from local all the way to national. Sure, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's it, it, who was it that said all politics are local? Uh, was that Goldwater? Uh, I don't Some, recall. Somebody smart. Somebody yeah. smart said that. <laughs> and, it, you know, so it's obviously the feds have a, a, a great deal of play in what we do on a daily basis, but even more so than that are our state and, and local uh, mm-hmm. and even down to our HOA have a large say. For those willing that. to subject themselves. 
Well, now I've learned. Yeah, we're, this is, we're unfortunately, both of us live in an HOA. So, so the second HOA I've lived in, my first one was not so bad, but the second one, not so much. But anyway, so there's that. Um, man, do y'all want to just dive right on in? Yeah, we. Uh, well, I guess we'll set it up like this. Um, for those of you who, who aren't asleep or have their head in the sand know that tucker carlson was uh let go by fox and uh has now reappeared doing shorter versions kind of his monologue type deal uh on twitter so he's done uh two of them he just released his third one yesterday and to me this one you know even though it's about trump it's really about the problems it, it it goes into depth about the problems that we have as a our politics the way our federal governments run yeah um, mm-hmm. so i thought it was kind of timely that we you know it's a 13 and a half minute video and i figured we could play it and kind of break it down into segments we we don't have anything pretty set up so we're going to let it roll and then kind of uh, spur an organic conversation based on the points he makes here in uh, in his monologue. Yeah, he's kind of... This a, afternoon, uh, they had him... Ar- Sorry? It's okay. Go ahead. Go All right. Arraigned no and fingerprinted in a Miami courthouse like the accused felon he now technically is. These were the first steps in a process that is designed to put Donald Trump behind bars for the rest of his life. <laughs> Cable News carried every moment of it live. It's unprecedented, they told us, with what looked like shock. But they weren't shocked. They knew this was coming. Everyone who's paid attention knew it was. What just happened was always going to happen. It's been inevitable since February 16th, 2016. That's the day Donald Trump made a blood enemy of the largest and most powerful organization in human history, which would be the federal government. Despite what you may remember, it wasn't anything that Trump had said about immigration or trade with China or rapists from Mexico. Those are the stories that dominated the headlines that year. Trump's a racist, they screamed. Stop him. But inside Washington, that was just noise. None of it really rated. Identity politics doesn't mean much to permanent Washington. What matters then and now is foreign policy, the invasions and occupations and proxy wars, the decisions that determine which global populations will thrive and which will die, the policies that come with trillion-dollar price tags, the ones that over time have made the counties around D.C. the richest suburbs in the world. In Washington, that's what actually matters. And it's obvious when you look carefully. When there's a debate about anything else, for example, the debt ceiling, both sides take their assigned positions and they start yelling. But when Congress decides to start a war, no matter how foolish or counterproductive or obviously disconnected from America's core interests that war may be, When that happens, the leaders of both parties automatically jump behind it like circus clowns. And then they stay there, sometimes for decades. They defend that war relentlessly against all evidence until somebody finally rings the all clear bell and they can begin to admit that actually, maybe it wasn't such a great idea. We meant well, but it just didn't work out. So is there there anything that Tucker just said that we would argue with no there's nothing well there's nothing specifically i would argue with in his points um i'm not sure if 
characterizing that as the one and only issue that's caused them to be all inflamed and after Trump is completely accurate. What I would say, though, is he is bringing up a very legitimate point that is not being addressed and has not been addressed as an identity. Everybody in the media always says, oh, Trump, mean Twitter, mean guy. They call him a racist. They call him all kinds of things, and they generate all this discussion and orange man bad talk about Trump in their act of going after him, Mm -hmm. which provides this gloss and this cover of hatred that's covering what he's bringing forward as one of the, what I feel is one of the root causes behind why they have been going after him in the manner that they have. So it, is, it does start and bring forward an extremely important conversation of how they operate, why they're doing what they're doing, and things like proxy wars well, and stuff are important to when talk you, about. When, when you think about things just, just from a purely academic opposition, politically op- opposing poll, does that make sense at all? Um, what you do with your opponent is you look for some minute, whatever it is, something you can exploit to make them look bad. Well, the identity politics was part of that. And for him to say that they don't care about that in Washington, maybe on the surface, I mean, maybe inside the circles, no, they don't They don't really care about that because well, they, they, it's each a side, tool. It's a tool. they manipulate. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and what they do. And they care about their tools. Absolutely. As tools. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. But they, it's. Unless it comes to transgender children, then they want to cut the tool off. It's a tool for them to create a smokescreen, which allows them to work almost unfettered behind the scenes in whatever it is that they want to do. And in it's what a Tucker's talking about piece is, is, what the, it is. Is, is the military industrial yeah. complex. Yeah, sure, and, sure. And they sure. operate with layers of curtains. Yes. And he's pulling back a curtain to show a layer that they don't want talked about. They neither don't want side. that neither side. Because they've created this division in America between this two party system where they always want to wedge an issue or use an issue to put a wedge between the citizens of America to create arguments which attract attention and ideally such as with the gender or those <coughs> subjects have an emotional attachment to it mm-hmm. because the more people feel emotions they're more going to be dist- they're going to be distracted the more mm-hmm. they're going to pay attention and the more they're not going to pay attention to things that may be less emotional everything else is boring compared to right. the, this sure this they count on that emotionally driven stuff that they put out there so yeah 100% right they expect to say all right we need to go to war to fight for democracy and they expect everybody to get in line and duck step and, and or goose step well and and do that yeah but they know the 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 american appetite for war is a very fleeting thing sure well that's so not just war it's the public, sell it. public opinion yeah. is a i mean public memory is is a very it's one of the things we used to talk about when in school that public memory is fickle and it can turn so quickly that's absolutely correct and they use that capitalize that they've perfected the art of manipulating manipulating that yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely y'all ready to move on yeah all right the good news is 
we've learned a lot of important lessons. In the end, they usually do say something like that, but only after emotions have cooled and the damning details have begun to fade from collective memory. It's an apology that's not actually an apology, much less repentance, and it's years too late to matter in any case. But until then, that's all you're getting. Until then, no dissent is allowed. That's the first rule of war. So that's, look, it, it's that no dissent allowed. It, I mean, that is like the number one tenet of the Democrat Party. But it's a hidden tenet of the GOP. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. you are, you're allowed to deviate a little bit more in the GOP than you are in the, in the Democrat Party. If you dissent whatsoever, Elon Musk is a perfect example of that. He, I mean, he came up with the first viable green energy car that runs on batteries that you could actually buy and get more than three blocks away from your house. And he, you know, for all the climate change weirdos out there, that was a godsend. And everybody on the left loved him. When he came out and started questioning certain things and not towing that perfect liberal line, next thing you know, he's whatever moniker they throw at him, negative name or or what have you, to just kind of just get him to shut the hell up. Right. So I I just wanted to bring that up. And just like you say, the the liberals or the, the, the Democrats use that. The Republicans or the GOP is guilty they just package it differently. Yeah. Sure. As a Republican or a conservative, you are expected to automatically not only disagree with, but belittle, put down, make fun of, laugh at the liberal left. Yeah. And, and one could, and, one and could make an argument blindly. That's the key. Yes. You, you finished it for me because yeah. you, can, you can explain why there's lack of logic in certain points of view and stuff. Sure. But they don't want you to waste your time going, no, they're liberal, therefore bad. Mm-hmm. Just like they say, we're liberal, therefore, or the liberal point of view is, if you disagree with our point of view, you're a bigot. They threw out all these terms. On, on the GOP side, if you agree with them, you're dumb. Sure. Well, you're you, you, an intellectual inferior. Any logic class you've taken, or any any type of, of of philosophical class you take, one of the things a professor will get onto you quickly about, or used to, they don't really give a shit now, was a sweeping generalization. Mm-hmm. And you see it on both the left and the right. Exactly. You point. Okay, you're a commie pinko. That's a sweeping generalization. Just because you're on the left, you are a you are a racist misogynist on the on the right mm-hmm. and and it's i mean it, it's kind of part and parcel of how we oversimplify you mentioned that in a, in a comment when i said taxation was theft when we were we were messaging right. back and forth but you, you but that oversimplification because we're three relatively conservative guys uh, not relatively we're pretty damn conservative yeah. sitting at this table but we all have different ideas in conservatism, and we have different feelings about certain things. We're passionate about three, you know, different things. A lot of the thing we're passionate about a lot of the same things at once, but we're not identical in everything we believe. No. Mm-hmm. And that, and in each individual, which brings me back to libertarian philosophy, is that libertarian is the smallest minority. I mean, an individual is the smallest minority. 
and those rights should be protected and, and to some degree respected. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain deviations that I don't agree with that in, you know, um, as lo- when it, when it has to do with minors and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, um, it's, it, it, we, we have fallen into this trap, all of us intellectuals too, where we have made these sweeping generalizations and I'm guilty of this. I'm absolutely guilty of this. I actually, I think I said this to Dan on the way up today. I am done. If somebody's a liberal, I do not want to associate with them anymore. And I'm coming to a point, and it makes me sick because of that small L libertarian mindset. It makes me sick because I'm thinking so much less of them that I could give a shit what happens to them. But why are you thinking less of them in the manner you're speaking? Is that from your own personal experience with them individually, or is that because of what has been put out there as the liberal well, it's it's getting persona. Ha- I understand. It, it, it's, it's getting both. harder and harder. They they're creating an environment where it's getting we're so emotionally tied into these things. It's getting harder and harder to see people as individuals. Yes. Yes. Is, is that not what they want? Yes. What, yeah. And yeah, again, theoretically, yes. To the subject at hand, both sides of that benefits because a- the bigger that divide and the stronger those lines are built into our psyches. The more those curtains stay in place. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. The other thing that popped up, and this may not directly be what he was talking about, but it made me think of this, is there's so many instances in which something comes out and they harp on it and push it and push it, and then time goes by, and whether it's COVID, Trump, Russia, whatever, you can name a hundred freaking stories in the past eight or nine years right. that are now proven completely false and by the time you get to the point where somebody who's arguing with this would feel vindicated it no longer matters it's no longer a part of the discussion etc we've moved on yeah it's old memory how many times do you hear those people saying that's old news i mean that's good but nothing ever gets fixed or repaired and those behaviors don't get changed because we just allow those things to continue to happen, no accountability ever happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, part and parcel, it's kind of way off topic, but it's it's a great example of what you're talking about, is the government just came out a year ago, or a year and a half ago, and admitted that aliens were fucking real. <laughs> they had UFOs. I mean, they, they declassified those documents and all of that. And nobody batted an eye because we had moved on from that discussion to something else. Brother, there's a thousand examples of that. Look at what Snowden told us about the the NSA. Mm -hmm. And nobody cared. They're like, yeah, well, okay. We know what they're listening to. Recent history is to be ignored, or past history further back is to be rewritten. Nothing, Nothing is ever allowed to simply exist as it is for critical thought what's going on right now in this moment has to be filtered through agendas emotions etc yeah if it happened a year or two ago oh that doesn't matter anymore if it happened 50 years 100 years ago we got to rewrite it recharacterize it and republish that for to convince us that history isn't what we thought it was right yeah and that's so sad and you can't judge 
the past based by based on today's standards. Right. And but but that's what they're not even trying to judge the past based on those standards. They are trying to cleanse the past based on those standards. Mm-hmm. And that is a scary thing as somebody who's a student of history. That's some nineteen eighty four shit. You're <laughs> yeah. absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So y'all wanna uh, y'all want me yeah, to place we'll, we'll, All right. Washington. But somehow Trump didn't bother to follow it. He is from out of town, so maybe he didn't know it was a rule, or maybe he just didn't care. Either way, seven and a half years later, we can point to the precise moment that permanent Washington decided to send Donald Trump to prison. Here it is. It's from the Republican candidates debate in Greenville, South Carolina. We should have never been in Iraq. We have destabilized right. the Middle East. They lied. Okay. They said there were weapons of mass destruction. There were none, and they knew there were none. There were no weapons of mass okay. destruction. Okay. All right. We should never have been in Iraq, Trump said. We destabilized the Middle East. Now, by the time Trump said that, a lot of Republican primary voters were starting to reach the same conclusion. How could they not? But it was the next line that doomed Trump to today's arrest. They lied, he said. There were no weapons of mass destruction, and they knew there were none. Now, when he said that, a few in the crowd booed. Most just sat there in silence, stunned. Can he say that? Well, he said it anyway. And by saying that, he see. You know what is interesting about this? And, and, and I'll share a real-life story about this. But this is an attack on Republicans. It was Bush who was in... It yeah, was, it was absolutely. It was Republicans who, who promoted the Iraq War, who sold the public on it, who had it live on TV, twenty four seven as we're fighting it, right. and bragging about how awesome we were at taking over Baghdad in twenty minutes or whatever the number was. I, I can tell you, I, I, people who've listened to our show for a while know that. I was a lifelong Democrat, and I've been a conservative probably since midway through Obama's second term. And I was, this is with me being a conservative, and when I, when I changed and went forward, it went swinging the pendulum way the hell over to the right. Okay. Because it was like the red pill happened with me, and so I was having a conversation with somebody who probably has a similar background to you, was retired military, uh, civilian contractor type scenario in their current uh, position. And I made this exact point. I said, the whole Iraq war was complete bullshit. There, you can, Cheney made billions of dollars on it. Multiple companies that had, and these are all Democrat talking points at the time, but they're, fairly real like people got rich civilians and companies got rich yep. because largely that that war was fought both militarily and civilian wise and then the whole premise was we this a, it's a preemptive war we had to go in there and stop this madman from destroying Iraq etc and Kuwait. Kuwait. Well, yeah. And he did it because he had all these weapons of mass destruction that when we go in there, we find that none of them ex- well, are there. There were some and they're like, bombs okay, that they dug so, up. So we, 
we we kind of negated that but that's a, so i had this conversation with a guy and it was kind of like my my democrat side popping out yeah like a lot of talking points with that he went fucking ballistic and he's a good friend of mine who's usually a mellow guy yeah he threw me out of his house he freaking was screaming at me as i was walking it was my neighbor he's screaming at me as i was walking down the street and he's a Republican, right? A conservative, but he's in the the military. He's a part of the military-industrial complex, All right? And me as just Joe Schmo, who's a new Republican, just completely has insulted his his mentality and his reason for being. Yeah. So, as someone who served in the military, um, I find I find Tucker's comments here and 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 Trump's and what you're saying interesting because. This whole debate about weapons of mass destruction, um, trying to keep keep things at a certain level here, I do have first-hand knowledge that they did have them. But here's the thing. In that whole buildup when Bush was promoting it and they were pushing for it, they, they got rid of them. And guess what? We damn well knew it. Yeah. We literally— at a, Knew they were again, dumping them. We literally were watching them in real time on satellite feeds, removing them and destroying them. By the time we went there, that was done. Their entire narrative had gone away, but that wouldn't sell. Right. We so, never would have had to fight that war, mission accomplished, without even. Right. So, where I mean, did it they was go? a verbal threat. Where did they, they go, yeah. though? Were they destroyed? Oh, they, yeah, they just destroyed them. Okay. It's not like there was. Look, everything's exaggerations. Sure. With these, with these things, right? Yeah. And and my exposure was limited. And what's a weapon, weapon of mass destruction? What, yeah, and that's another thing. There's so, so many. We're just talking. That. We're a talking about bomb. Is you know, they that. used chemical chemical weapons against the Kurdish people. Yes. Right. There was still some of those left. Mm -hmm. Inspectors were literally being sent to a building to go inspect. They were moving them out of the back, t driving them a few miles away, and burning them and getting rid of them. Okay? That's the most simple as I can say it. And this happened months before we went in. So, so the whole premonition and purpose but, of the war was... Yes, but, we, but don't you love how, well, when they first said it, they weren't technically <coughs> lying. Right. And then they just stick to one line to promote it, even though in the interim... The people that we were going to invade went, oh, no, we don't want any of that. And they got rid of it. Right. Oh, crap. They're still coming. Yeah. And that's a very oversimplified way of putting it. Well, it, but, but it's kind of like the, the, the kid in the neighborhood who you threaten to bust him in the mouth. Say, look, man, if you don't chill out, I'm going I'm about to knock your teeth out. And he's like, oh, OK, I'm good. And he, uh, I'm sorry. And he starts walking off, and you still hit him. Well, yeah. Do you, do you, <laughs> if you if you've got evidence, and you're going to go bust a drug dealer, and you know he's got a stash house, but you're going to call him two months in advance and give him the date and time you're coming. Yeah. Do you really expect it to still be full of cocaine? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Hey guys, we are up against a break. Uh, we want to remind you that we are shadow banned on both uh, all social media. So feel free to share this with your friends and family. Help us get the word out. If you enjoy the podcast, go to patreon.com 
forward slash driveway liberty podcast and check out how you can help support us we're going to take a little break for the calls and to fuel up we'll be back with beer reviews right after this Hey, is your grill nasty? Is it missing some parts? Do you need a new grill? Well, give Dan the Grill Man a call. He is literally the best grill maintenance company on the Emerald Coast. Literally. Look him up on Facebook.com forward slash fresh and clean grill. That's Dan the Grill Man. Literally the best. All right, guys, welcome back. This next segment is brought to you by Socialism Springs. (laughs) If you enjoy 18 holes of elementary school championship golf subsidized by the government, then Socialism Springs is just for you. It is now time for Beer Reviews. Beer Reviews brought to you by Socialism Springs. (laughs) All right, uh, since we have a guest co-host tonight, we will defer to him. Kevin, what are you drinking, sir? I am drinking... uh, beer by a company called dragon's milk this is their tales of gold it is a bourbon barrel aged gold nail coming in at 11 apv white tasty white tasty wow that sounds like something then that you could get in a um somewhere in legend of zelda from Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) well it does have a silhouette of a dragon on it there you go which is the selling point that caused me to grab it off a shelf you're like oh dragon beer holy shit let me get some of this dragon juice yeah (laughs) there you go go. daniel what you got brother so it's interesting because we've been here most of the day we're doing multiple shows today and we started drinking during the first show. So I told the Wes, I'm like, Wes, give me give me that crazy sister. That's the 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 lighter one. Right. Well, I th- I think I fucked up. <laughs> it's not the lighter one. It, well, it's six percent. Yeah. So it's not it's exactly not light. light. It's an American brown ale, honey ale. It's freaking delicious. Out of Alabama, our sister state next door. Yeah. So uh, a lot of us, uh, especially people who just moved here. Uh, refer to this area as L.A., Lower Alabama. Yep. Because yep. pretty much, I remember the first time I moved here, everybody I met was from Montgomery. Yeah. Like, yeah. literally everybody. Yeah. Yeah, in the military, and, those of us moving here, they say, oh, you're moving to Florabama. Yeah. Well, yeah. Florabama's a pretty cool place, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. So, I am uh, I'm drinking, I drank this on one of the previous cast but i'm i started off drinking uh, props uh flying coffin earlier today that's a beastie one right? which is seven and a half percent and i was thinking i didn't have any other beers in the fridge and thanks to kevin for dropping by and grabbing me some light beers but i'm not drinking those i am now drinking a props uh blonde ale and it's only like four and a half percent but the first three beers i drank were like seven flying and a half coffin. so you're yeah. you're teed up I am. I'm ready to go. You're properly prepped. Absolutely ready to go. Well, we, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Some of the most interesting conversations we have are are, in between. Yeah, it's (laughs) when we're not actually recording. And we started down a road on the terminology that the left and the right use. Um, So we're going to go off the rails from where we started this cast off a little bit. And, and I think, I think we ought to discuss some of those things and the reasons why each side uses those things in conversations, I guess, debates or arguments more than anything. Mm-hmm. And 
so I, Kevin, I'll defer to you. I'll let you start because you were very passionate about it. You were, <laughs> I, I, I was like, I well, thought you, we'd need a bouncer in here. Yeah, well, you had talked about the, the term that the right uses a lot, socialism, as just a blanket term to mean negativity it, about government involvement in something. Right. Is really just a blanket. Yeah, term. Any, any government involvement um, that is viewed in a negative light by those on the right, they, they term as socialism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, it, first of all, it's, it's disingenuous because the most of the people on the right, with a few exceptions, do believe the government has a role in something. Sure. Yeah. We can debate the size of the government, mm-hmm. the amount of that role, and, and there's a whole gamut of levels right. that different people have. But to view it through this lens of what they what has become the interpretation of socialism is anything negative that you personally don't agree with gets labeled as socialism. And that does a dis, an intellectual disservice to everyone because socialism is a real construct with real tenets that has had real negative if, I, impacts in this world <laughs> and has ruined millions. and killed. Yeah. Uh, the lives of many, many people. Yeah. So to use it in a flippant manner to just say, I don't like this feature of my government, whether it be federal, state, or county, or city, is wrong. And it's like, it's almost like a, a lesson we've learned from the left, but really who started it. Yeah. But on the left, and, and the right will, will get all up in arms because the left, racism. Oh, everything's racist. Well, that's not right. Yeah. So we, we push back against that. Or phobe. Phobe. Yeah. I mean, the, the word phobe. phobe. Yeah. Transphobe. I mean, I'm not scared. Of, get, I'm not scared of a dude in drag. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, so the, the phobias, the, um, I see what are some misogynist. The, yeah. Misogyny, all these terms society today as programmed by mass media, both political parties, etc., is become accustomed to having these key words that engender a response, an emotional response from the public mm-hmm. on either side. I would submit that the response that they're looking for is to shut somebody down. Right. That's where I was going. Thank you. And not have an actual, deb- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to steal you. No, time. no, no. That's perfect. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, if somebody, especially on the left, they call somebody a racist, they, well, I don't want to appear a racist. A fascist was another Or a fascist one. or mm-hmm. a misogynist or your mansplaining to me, which Kevin's been doing for a few minutes now. Um <laughs> Toxic masculinity. <laughs> right. That was yes. my big thing. I stopped, I used Gillette razors my entire life until they came out with that commercial about toxic masculinity. Yeah. And now I have yet to find a razor that I like, but I refuse to use their damn razors. It's a shame you, I don't watch commercials anymore. I missed that. Well, this was like four years ago. Um, Principle stance. Hey, insider <laughs> secret, though. Women's razors are actually better than men's razors. She uses men's. Do you really? Now, my wife well, has obviously the... more surface area to shave. And she uses the same razor for like six months. I go through a razor every three weeks. And I have a beard. I mean, I'm just shaving my chin and around my... Well, this, this facial hair is of a different texture than, well, than leg hair. Or one would hope. You would hope. But you know, because you, you never know. Greta the bearded, Thunberg the bearded is leg there. the lady is that a thing? I, I don't know. Right, yeah. 
But 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 to your point, I mean, you know, <laughs> what the fuck are we talking? about? Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, <laughs> we were just talking about this. I just say like, West. Just it let up. it go. <laughs> it's like we say some of the craziest. Shit. Yeah, we do. It's all good. So, but but to your point, I mean, it's a debate. It's a cheap trick in debating something that you yeah. feel like you're losing ground in the debate. So what you're going to do is lash out. And, and call it's almost yeah. an ad hominem. It is. It's ad lazy. Hom- it's, it's lazy. It's, it's buzzwords, lo- and they mm-hmm. are meant to engender a specific re- response, which is generally, as you're saying, to shut down a conversation. But we need to remember the only reason they have that effect is because we've been trained that way. Yes, we've societally allowed we've allowed ourselves to become subject to these buzzwords and have the engendered response that they have programmed into us it kind of in conjunction with that why is why are words being redefined right words are constantly getting new definitions that were never intended to be there and people don't ask questions people don't challenge that Mm -hmm. and most of the time when they're doing these new definitions it's exactly for the purpose we're talking about Sure. Well, I think it's our natural tendency to try to get along with others. And I think people who understand that psychology take advantage of it. And right. that's – I'm not one of those people that, that I don't care if I get along with you or not. You know, But most people want to get along. They don't like controversy. They avoid it at all costs. And they want puppies and rainbows, man. They, that's what they want – want to deal with they well, don't most most people avoid conflict at all costs mm-hmm. whether that I conflict is physical said that. or verbal etc well i was just redefining it okay you, right. yeah and what is conflict if not uncomfortable and that's that brings up another thing everybody but, but what makes every book movie story on the news exciting conflict right we 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 salivate for it. We, 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 we enjoy the dumpster fire, but we don't want it to be our dumpster Yes. <laughs> you want to have that disconnect from it. Right. If, if it's not affecting me and I can watch it some in some other means through the media, through movies and stuff, that's where we absorb the, the that. train wreck. But it doesn't touch us because we are a society that doesn't want to be uncomfortable in our own lives and in our own spaces. Oh God! There's another one. Safe spaces. <laughs> what the hell is a safe space? <laughs> yeah. But we've created a society where anytime something makes you personally uncomfortable, we push it away. Yeah. Because we don't want to think about it or debate it or question our own views or any of those things. So we've developed these constructs that allow us to just throw something out there, push it away, and, and separate ourselves from it. Absolutely. It's unhealthy as hell. It is. It really is. Um, uh, While we're talking about words and buzzwords, I think I've mentioned on the podcast more than once, using democracy as a marketing term is one of my pet peeves. That's actually the word Mm -hmm. offline when we weren't recording that set off this conversation. Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and and we, we 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 started the cast off listening to Tucker's most recent Twitter thing. And um, at one point in that, he uses that term of of democracy. Well, we are a democratic republic, ladies and gentlemen. And if you had paid attention in civics class or were actually taught a civics class, you would understand that. 
which is goes back to that whole reconditioning society and reconditioning thought in in our society is removing civics classes from public education but there's that y'all want to go back to some tucker sure all right sealed his fate that was the one thing you were not allowed to say because it implicated too many people on both sides which on this topic is really just one side hillary clinton was guilty of it but so was paul ryan all of them were guilty they all knew they all lied and to a person they hated donald trump for exposing them after that, it was pretty clear that even if he did get elected president, Trump was going to have a very hard time controlling the federal government he was supposed to be in charge of. Most of permanent Washington decided that thwarting Trump was the single most important mission in their lives. Everything depended on it. Many of them said so publicly, but others didn't say so publicly. In fact, the stealthier ones took another path. They ran toward Trump, not away from him. They sucked up to him. They ingratiated themselves to the man they intuitively understood was susceptible to flattery, which Trump is. And they did this in order to subvert his new administration from the inside. There were a number of these, and you could spot them immediately. They were flatterers. Invariably, the ones who flattered Trump the most hated him the most and disagreed the most strongly with his views. You saw them in the hallways of the White House and at press conferences. They were there slobbering over their boss with elaborate self-abasement as if they were addressing a monarch or a god. It was a scene from the Ottoman court. It was filthy and decadent, and it was false. Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, Mike Pompeo, Lindsey Graham in the Congress, they all called Trump a visionary genius up until the moment he lost power. And then they unsheathed their real agenda, as always the neocon war agenda, and they piled on with maximum force. So that, that brings up a legit, I mean, we got in a debate yesterday <clears throat> On, on a Facebook page that we all three are all, including your wife, all four of us in this room are members of. And that is a gentleman who actually, in, in his responses, he says, well, I'm a registered Republican. I'm a Republican. I voted for Reagan. Well, shit, that was 40-some-odd years ago, number one. You had to go way back. 80% of the country voted for Reagan both terms. We, we're disingenuous about our political leanings because we are either ashamed of them or we're trying to trying to convince somebody else that more we're more like them than we really are. Yeah, there's the subner subversive nature to it's a I would even go further than subversive and I'd say covert nature. Yeah, you are trying to flim flam somebody by pretending to be something you are not politically or Just ideologically. You, you, you're in a you're in a county where seventy three percent of the people are registered Republicans. Only Republicans win here. And then you are a registered Republican, but literally everything you do, say, act, talk about, etc., is all from a from the, from the left. Extreme left. Extreme left. Well, well yeah, I mean think about it though. If you have political aspirations and you live in a county like ours you register as a Republican yeah, or you'll you never get, get anywhere. Yeah. But doing that act of necessity playing the game in order to get in an elected position because that's your personal goal doesn't 
dilute or change your views, ethics, and opinions on things, which are going to reflect in what you do once you get into that office. Mm -hmm. That little R, that D next to your name, ultimately means nothing oh, it's to irrelevant. how you vote on policy and what you support. We see that in our current Board of County Commissioners yeah. here in Walton County, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners nationally see that in their local communities yeah. where their community may lean left or right. Or in their state houses yeah. or their, their governors. Yeah. yeah. And I say this as a registered Republican who's a member of local Republican groups, and I attend those meetings on occasion, and I have voted Republican. I am not a tag. I am not a title of a Republican. I am an individual as everyone is and everyone should view themselves as such. I'm an individual with specific views based off my own ethical and moral structure and my life experience and the wisdom I've gained through that time affects how I view things. And I vote based off of that, not off of, not off of a letter next to my name. Well, the issue we have is and we, we all need to look at. We're sorry. so polarized. We are. So that anybody who we, we, this society has been created to the point we're so polarized that you, I don't know if I can say you can't take a different position than your party line, so to speak, but the potential for blowback in your business, your personal life, mm -hmm. this stuff permeates everywhere right. to this point. I mean, people lose their job yeah. based on their political stance. So what is do, what it's doing is it's forcing people into that divide. I wish we were on camera because yeah. I'm moving my arms to show this. Show this It's divide. not playing too well on audio. But you, we're, you forced, Italian, you. we're forced into those... Those segregated groups, yeah. which there's really two now. Well, and that's part of the problem. Yes, I mean, it is yeah. the problem. Yeah, yeah. So you, you you can only fall into two camps, and there is no allowance for any crossing of the of that divide on any specific viewpoint. Because if you call yourself this or you call yourself that, okay, then you come with a predetermined set of beliefs, mm -hmm. whether that's accurate or not. Conversely, if you express a singular belief on one specific subject that has been categorized as such, all the other views of that side of that divide, that canyon you're talking about, are automatically and inextricably applied to you. Mm -hmm. Sure. Absolutely. And that's, that's <laughs> completely wrong. Well, you, yeah. you know, it's kind of funny. When we first started this out, we started speaking out publicly and we would do forums and stuff like that. I would introduce myself. I would say, fiscally, I'm the most conservative person in this room. And this would be in a room with Republicans. And they would look at me weird. But, man, there is so much evidence of that now. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, I'm the lifelong. We, we went in a room. I was a lifelong Democrat right. who recently became a conservative. And I was more conservative than most of the people in this 100% Republican room. <laughs> now, let, let me ask you, Dan, a question, if I may, about sure. having been a Democrat. Mm -hmm. When you switch from being a quotations Democrat to a quotations Republican, did your personal morals and ethics take a major change? Or did you just realize what I thought was this is not that on the national scheme and the way the game is played? B. 
B. Nothing about me changed. Ex- that's my point. Yeah. Nothing about Thank me changed. Thank you for not making me look a fuel. I, I literally making an assumption, but I I literally just had the time to actually look into things mm-hmm. as opposed to what the big rectangular box on the wall told me to yeah. say. Because I. And I truly believe this is true of so many Americans. And you can apply it to the Fox group on the right or the CNN, MSNBC group on the left is people who who blue collar people who have to work for a living. Even if you have a white collar job, you're still working Mm -hmm. 40, 50 hours a week. You have families, you have obligations, et cetera. So you go to work all day. Or all night, depending on what job you have, you come home and you grab that information off of that rectangle sticking on your living room wall, whether you're watching Fox or you're watching the other one, you're getting that spun information. Yep. And then that's that's the education that you have. And so and I was I prided myself on being a very informed Democrat. I could go I lived in a one hundred percent Republican neighborhood and I would go to Halloween parties and have freaking debates and i would passionately talk about the democrat talking points like i'm talking now Mm -hmm. with republicans and they'd be impressed just because i heard it for two hours a night on cnn and i never actually looked into any of those talking points right and once i was able to create time for myself i i now own my own business and i don't work 100 fucking hours a week i if you can Start your own business, do it, and don't let them create an occupational license uh, to right. force you <laughs> yeah. into a certain window of that business. But anyways, once you are able to, and that's why I think they they discourage do your own research. You know, that became a mantra for a while. People, like they made fun of people who did their own research. Mm-hmm. Do your own research, but it, and once I was able to look at both sides of an issue, like, I, I, I absolutely believe that the left wants to destroy America and rebuild it in some other utopia. Right. Whatever moniker you Perceived put on Perceived utopia. Yeah. Well, Perceived, their version yeah. of what they think will be a utopia. Yeah, I like that you're being careful not to use a specific label because yeah. it's that... That, that doesn't actually even apply to that. Yeah, but, uh, damn socialist. <laughs> So I think if people are are freed from the shackles of life, so to speak, and get away from that box on their wall and actually listen to independent news and and what and my advice to anybody is if you are getting a story about somebody said this or did this, find the source yeah. reporting. Find the the audio or video. So if if you're anti-Trump and you got a Trump clip that makes him sound like a racist, go listen to the whole Trump clip, not just CNN spin version of it. And the same thing with Fox. Context matters on Absolutely. every aspect and every side of it. But we as Americans, a lot of us, do not go find that context yeah. no we're lazy we're yeah. lazy when it comes to gathering information and we are so susceptible to sound bites i'm sure you've both seen those clips and i'm sure they can be done across the spectrum but sound bites headlines where they they, yep. they take and they they'll splice together a whole bunch of sound bites of all these different news organizations across the oh, across yeah. the nation 
all saying verbatim the same, same local thing. and yeah. national cast with yeah. the same exact verbiage. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yep. absolutely. It's ridiculous. But we're not we're not programmed at all. No, not at all. We're free thinkers. Yeah, yeah. those aren't command line inputs. And if you're not careful, you're you, as as humans, we're susceptible to that. Yep. And if we're not careful, we actually have to consciously force ourselves not to yeah. fall into that. Absolutely, trend. you have to seek out that information, mm-hmm. and which which makes which is work. And I am as guilty as anyone, if not more so. No, of, I I am as of well. Not digging and and accepting for years and years and years. Well, I mean, you know, you see these headlines on on social media, and you, and the headlines are inflammatory. They're meant to get you to click the article. And you see a headline, and your your first inclination, or at least mine is, is to go out and actually just comment based on the headline. Mm-hmm. And I've found, especially in the last few years, that the headline is not always indicative of what's actually in the article itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then how many articles have you read where the headline says this, and it causes you to want to read the article? You read the article, and then in the last third or a quarter of the article last couple paragraphs it, it literally debunks everything else yes. in the headline and they're normally they're normally worded as a question <laughs> because then they can answer it any way they want yeah even right. though the question we, gets we you don't that, have first hand thoughts of this we believe it's true it's like, yep. <laughs> yep absolutely well hey guys we're getting close to the end here and we're also under a tornado watch apparently yeah, I think we didn't even make it halfway through Tucker's monologue no no man, we which did is, good. Which is which is good. This is why and and if you. we're being honest, Dan was really sweating about having content for this. So I I, I wasn't worried at all. I knew between the three. I of wasn't us. sweating. I was merely informing my co-hosts that the when you look at me and go, "What do you got, Dan?" He ain't got shit. I'm gonna talk about my dog. <laughs> so all right. All right. Uh-oh. Oh, I got shit, a, I got, I got, got an email. On? I'm sorry. Barbara Romano is like really commenting on us. Uh, she fired up about our she, show. No, she thinks Kevin needs to be a full time co host. Oh, she likes it. You got a fan, brother. Yeah, man. There he is. You got a fan. And we're going to start the, uh, the Kevin Raleigh uh, fan group uh, in social media. It's right there on patreon.com forward slash <laughs> driveway liberty podcast. You can go and sponsor. Uh, the more sponsors we get, the more times we can have Kevin back. There you go. Because he, he's really expensive. <laughs> he is. He, call, he cost us a fucking fortune to get him on here today. So, so hey, guys, if you like the podcast, uh, be sure to share it with your friends and family because we are, in fact, Shadow Band on all social media. And, um, you know, you can support us at the link I just mentioned a few minutes ago. Uh, the county's calling me saying yeah, we're under me tornado too. watch. We're, gonna, we're all going to die. Um, we're, we're on the process of dying. So um, we're going to call it a day on this cast. Thanks, Kevin, so much for coming on. My pleasure. Uh, if you didn't get a chance, Kevin is, was on two live streams with us last week. And uh, you need to check it out so you can see what he looks like. He's got this big Grizzly Adams beard thing going on. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's a pretty smart dude. And we're glad he came and joined us uh, for these casts. Uh, I am your Uncle Wes for Kevin and Dan. We will see Fuck, I can't even talk. We will see you next time on the Driveway Liberty Podcast. You are so awesome. You threw me off for half a second.